0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode two of Apply Filters. My name is Pippin Williamson, and I have my co-host here with me, Brad Tanar.
1: Hi everyone, Uh, this week we're gonna be looking at the Heartbeat API again, just clarifying a few things that we went over last week. We're gonna take take a look at uh, WordPress uh, 3.7 and 3.8, core development, uh, using plugins to, to test features and we're going to look at uh, how we built the Apply Filter site, and we're going to look at some of our contributions uh, to WordPress core.
0: Awesome. So why don't we jump right in with a little bit of a clarification on the Heartbeat API. So last week, we talked about the Heartbeat API in depth, what it does, uh, how you can use it, etc. cetera, uh, and there was one... Part of it that we weren't completely sure on, and that was what happens to the Heartbeat API when you switch windows. So, the window that is your WordPress dashboard, when that becomes inactive, how does the Heartbeat API behave? And Richard Tape left a really good comment on the episode one that explains what happens. So, usually the Heartbeat API um, pings or it ticks every 15 seconds, but when you set the window tint to inactive, the heartbeat API doesn't actually stop. But what it does instead is it puts itself kind of into an inactive mode, where instead of loading every 15 seconds, it loads every three minutes. Um, this also happens if the user like stops moving the mouse. So if you leave your window open for a long time and it's clear that you're no longer active on the window, the heartbeat will take over and uh, default every three minutes to lessen the load on the server. Uh, so that's all we have for the Heartbeat API, and let's go ahead and jump right into WordPress 3.7 and 3.8 core development where features are being built as plugins. Brad, yeah. you want to talk about yeah,
1: that? Yeah, I think this is such a great idea. I mean, it's not really a new idea. I mean, if you think back at like, uh, you know, WooThemes, uh, their menu system was incorporated into core uh, at one point. Uh, what, what version, do you remember what version of WordPress that was, Vivian?
0: Uh, it's somewhere around three 30, o, right? One, three, two, three 30. o. I'm not entirely sure. Right. Um, so,
1: so it's not really a new idea. It, it's it's been happening for quite a while. But it, it's really nice to you know hear it formalized. Sure. And I,
0: th- there's several other plugins. Uh, I'm I don't remember. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But that were built originally as plugins and then merged into WordPress core. And that's pretty much what they're doing here, right? They're they're taking these major features that they want to put into 3.7 and 3.8 and building them as regular plugins yeah, and building them as plugins and then so anybody can test them anybody can work on them and then once the plugins are done they'll get merged into core.
1: Yeah I mean that's huge to be able to play with it and to to see it in action without it being part of you know the the core trunk because I mean last uh you know last a version working on 3.6, they had to rip out a bunch of stuff out of the core trunk, which you know, right
0: for post formats.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that, I'm that I'm sure a that lot of that, time.
0: I'm sure that everything that happened with post formats is a lot of what made people realize that they wanted to do this as the core development method. Because if post formats had been built as a plugin, it would have been pretty easy to just keep going with it, keep modifying it, but without having to all of a sudden do all that back work of ripping it out
1: yeah exactly so, I mean, so
0: as a plug-in it's built completely independently
1: yeah exactly um, I think it's fantastic it's it's great i I can't wait i I already started playing with i i mean I guess this was kind of happening before uh the post format stuff though because m p6 came came out was released i think around before they even made the choice to to rip out post formats isn't that right something like that
0: yeah, MP6 started uh, somewhere in the 3.5 development cycle because I know there was a lot of questions people had whether uh, MP6 and the new style was going to go into 3.6 or not.
1: Right. I guess we should mention what MP6 is. It's yeah. Sure. Go, go ahead. Uh, MP6 is basically a
0: re-envisioned style for the dashboard. Uh, so if you pay attention to the WordPress.org site, you'll notice that has uh, a new black. It has black header. I think there's a black footer. The color scheme of WordPress.org in general—that's basically what they've done with MP6 in completely changing the WordPress dashboard style. Um, if you have a WordPress.com account and you log into that, you will see MP6. It's
1: it's like Windows 8ifying WordPress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. Right. I I have flat, mixed feelings. Flat flat design. It. In some ways I love it. Some ways I hate it. Um, I think it's going some really cool places, and I love that they're they're pushing the edge. I saw a really great comment. Uh, from Matt Mullenweg on it. Somebody left a review on MP6 basically saying, this is terrible. Why are you pushing us back into the design of like three, four years ago? <laughs> and, and Matt came back and said, we're not trying to go back in time. We are trying to create the UI for 2018. And I thought that was kind of a cool way to look at it is we're, we're not we're not trying to conform to, the, to today's standards or yesterday's standards. We're trying to make the standards for tomorrow, make the designs for tomorrow. And I thought that was cool. A good way to think about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So,
0: uh, why why do you think that? Okay, so we, we talked a little bit about plugin plugin development as core features. Why it's a great idea. I mean, like post formats is just a perfect example of why it's a good idea. I think. But yeah. so why is it not necessarily a good idea? Are there are there certain times when instead of building a feature as a plugin, it might be better to build it directly into core?
1: yeah I, I think sometimes you just have to right i mean a good example is uh i wrote a core patch called uh image crop position uh mm-hmm. that was basically uh so first of all i i wrote a plug-in i tried to write a plugin to do it and it was almost impossible <laughs> I had to copy a bunch of functions that were in core uh, into the plugin and just rename was it, them. Was it difficult? And, oh, just It was awful.
0: Was it difficult just because core didn't necessarily have the actions or filters in place that you needed or didn't have classes that you could extend?
1: Exactly. The, the, there were a couple of actions, filters around where I needed, but they mm-hmm. just didn't hit the right spot. Didn't quite do what you need. Exactly. Sure. So I had to basically override the function completely and just. That was so. Crazy.
0: Would you say it came down to writing writing it as a plugin was just severely more complicated and and uh, intensive, maybe just in in the size of code, not necessarily in what it does, than if you were to just write it into core itself.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I and I mean, okay. I mean, it just felt wrong too, right? I mean, whenever whenever you copy a, a giant function <laughs> it just, and then it just rename kind of it and then edit it, I mean, you just yeah. feels terrible, right? It feels it does creepy, feel terrible. so.
0: Well, and it's, I mean, it's also going to have issues with, uh, I mean, maintaining that because if exactly. the core function ever changes, then you have to to work on that. It's really the beauty of extensibility, both in terms of like filters, actions, extendable classes, etc., is that a lot of those maintenance concerns don't necessarily apply, at least not to the same degree.
1: Right, Did you, do you have an example yourself of, of I do, time?
0: I have a small one, I mean, this, this one is really, really small. Uh, I mean, when we talk about WordPress 3.7 and 3.8 features as plugins, uh, which actually, after I gave this example, we need to talk about what they're working on in terms of the other plugins. Um, but most of these features are pretty large. So like post formats was a huge feature. Um, and other, other features that they're currently working on, which we'll go through in a moment. Mine mine is a really small example, but I think it still illustrates it well how just writing it as a plugin isn't necessarily a better approach or a more elegant up- approach. So I had a patch to um, add the Add New link under the plugins menu when you're in multi site. So if you're familiar with Multisite, you'll know that even as a super admin, the only way to install a new plugin for the network is to actually go to the network admin, then go to plugins, and then click Add New. So it's really a three-click process, whereas in most WordPress dashboards, you can simply hover over plugins, click Add New, and you're there. So I wanted to simplify that because I do all of my development in Multisite, and I install new plugins every single day, and so I figured if I can simplify my task a little bit, something I do several times a day, that'd be great. So I wrote a patch that if you are a super admin on a on a ne- on a network, you always have that add new link under plugins, no matter whether you're on the main site, a subsite, or in the network admin. And so that patch is one line of code or less. All it does is it actually does a new adds a new cap check, basically checking to see if the current user is a super administrator, if they can manage the network. And if that cap check is true, it shows the add new link. So it was it was one additional cap check in all of core to enable that over the entire network. Well, so I wrote that same thing as a plugin, and in order to do it as a plugin, I had to. It was about a thirty line plugin, which is still pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I had to add a new menu, actually register a sub menu item underneath the plugins. Then I had to check if it was in multi site. I had to check if we're on a sub site, cetera. So while it was still very simple to do it, it was dramatically more complicated than just doing it in core. And so, even though this is a very simple example that doesn't really follow the features as plugins, um, that i that idea, it's still, it I think it illustrates well that just because you can do it in a plugin doesn't necessarily mean it's right, right. or best.
1: That's interesting. Something you mentioned in there, I have to ask you about. So you said that you do all your development in Multisite. Is that is that just all of it. to that's just to make sure that everything it always works in Multisite?
0: Well, it's it's for a couple reasons. One, because Multisite does have some weird. Um, nuances that right. just don't happen in single site and that I think a lot of developers forget about and so sometimes they get um, it, it hurts them just because they have a, b- a weird bug report or something doesn't work on multi-site now most things work exactly the same there's just, there's just a few little nuances and so I do my development in multi-site to, make sh- to take care of those but it's also just really excellent if you want to have dedicated sites for each of, like, say, your development areas. So, like, when I'm working on easy digital downloads, I have a site in my multi-site network just for that. If I want to step away and do development on, say, BBPress, I can have a site dedicated to just BBPress. But they're all in the same WordPress install. So it's my same user accounts, it's my same plugins, my same themes, et cetera. It just makes development really, really easy. But each of the sites can still be pristine. Um, And if I want to roll up a new site, like, let's say I want to... uh, do some bug testing on WP Migrate DB Pro on your plugin. Sure. I can roll up a new site real quick, install it. It's a pristine site, test it out, write a patch, send it up, whatever I want. And so I have a whole bunch of different sites. Like I have them for BB Press, WP Commerce, WooCommerce, EDD, Jigoshop, Shop, et um, I, I usually do it, like, if, it, if there's a big plugin, so all of the big e-commerce plugins, all plugins like BB Press, small plugins I don't really care because they. I actually like working in... Uh, what I'll just call like a dirty environment um, where you have all these other plugins, you have these themes that have been doing stuff. Right. Because if your plugin only works in a pristine environment, well, that's probably not very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know too many live installs of WordPress that are pristine.
0: Not not very many. My, my local dev usually has like 50 or 80 plugins active most of the time. I just leave right. them. Um, not because I'm using them, but because I figure, you know what, it's kind of a way to really quickly shotgun test all these other plugins.
1: Sure. Yeah, definitely. Shall um, we go through
0: the list real quick and talk about some of the, the plugin, these features that they're working on as plugins?
1: Yes, please. Do you uh, want to start
0: us out with mp Actually, we already talked about MP6. Yeah. Uh, I think
1: are you familiar with OmniSearch? No, I'm not. Uh, maybe you can tell okay. me about that
0: one. I can talk about this one a little bit. Um, OmniSearch is a part of Jetpack. So if you have Jetpack installed right now, uh, you can use it. And basically the idea is... Building a powerful search engine for your site that doesn't use the, the standard WordPress core search, which we all know is kind of lacking. Um, so they built this Omni search, which I don't really know how it works. I've never looked at the code behind it. Um, someone's probably going to tell me that I'm dead wrong on this, but I kind of want to compare it to like the Google Site Search when you put a Google search just for your site. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Like it search it can search in comments, content, um, so it does it post meta, etc.
1: So the the stock, you, the search that comes with WordPress just does a, a select, uh, an S, an SQL select with wildcards. Uh, it's really, really basic. Uh, right. So does, I'm guessing this thing does something like it's compile an index with I, keywords I sh- or something?
0: I'm sure there's something like that. Like I said, I have not actually looked at the code behind it. Um, right. But so with this one, at least what I think they're doing is they are taking it out of Jetpack and bringing it as a standard feature, I think.
1: Um,
0: yes.
1: Have you? Uh, not, I mean, it
0: might stay in jetpack. But
1: have you have you seen the Search WP plugin that was released? It's fantastic. Released? Yeah, it looks really nice. Eh? Uh, yeah. I, I did a little um, beta testing, and it was it's just really well done. Yeah,
0: it's it's really pretty. That's for sure. Uh, I have not had the chance to test it extensively, but it is on my to do list.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I love
0: I loved the way that you could build, have additional search engines. That's yes. just beautiful.
1: Yeah, because I mean with custom uh, post types, you often want to do that, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, like, here, here's an example. Let's say that you have your site set up and you have documentation registered through a custom post type. Sure. And so you want to build, you want to set up your search to search not just your, your documentation post type, but let's say that you have specific meta fields that you want to search or comments on documentation. That's what it allows you to do. It's pretty yeah. fantastic.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, searchwp.com, I yeah. think. Is yeah, if anybody form. wants
0: to go check it out. So the next feature is featured content. Have you yeah. played with this one yet?
1: Uh, I haven't played with it, but I, I took a look at the documentation a little bit. And Is this a port of a Jetpack feature? Is, is that what this is?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it might be because they, they do mention, uh, they link to the documentation of featured content from Jetpack. Uh, I have not actually used the featured content in Jetpack, so I'm not really sure how it works. Um, right. A quick look at the documentation looks as though it's more or less just a tax query. Like, it uses... it just uh, You set up a tag that you want to act as featured content, so anybody, any post that has that tag will then get considered as featured, and then it basically just provides some, um, some functions to retrieve and display featured content. And so I think the idea is to take that, put it into WordPress core in such a way that there's a standardized way for showing featured content. I mean, if you've looked at a bunch of WordPress themes, you probably know that they've all figured out their own way of doing featured content. Right. Some people do meta values, some people do tags, some people have their own custom taxonomy.
1: Right, right. A whole bunch of different So, to be clear, featured content is like, say, on a home page, you have, like, featured news or featured articles and they can kind of cherry pick what they want to show up under right. that heading is that that's pretty yeah much just what it is.
0: basically to spotlight certain posts. right right so um i i just realized something that we we actually haven't mentioned if you want to find the list of these features as plugins tracking uh we'll put the link in the show notes but it's also it's at make.wordpress.org slash core slash features as plugins um so they basically have a nice little table that lists all the different plugins, who's working on them, when you can jump into their meetings to talk about them, any documents they have, where they are at the development stage, et cetera.
1: Cool. Have you have you dropped in, uh, in any of those meetings? I have not. I need to. Right. Me too. Uh, uh,
0: there's, there's a couple of them that I'm really interested in. Um, the next one, for example, the Widgets UI Refresh. Have you looked at that one? No, I haven't. Ah, uh, basically, it's it's being led by Web Dev Studios, um, and oh, so, I did
1: I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I,
0: still, I think I think still still they, they wrote a blog it. post. Yeah, yeah, right. Basically, the widget's UI sucks. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I kidding. mean it. It doesn't, but it does at the same time. Like, it could be so much better. Uh, one of the big ones is it doesn't work on mobile. Well, oh, technically, wow. there is a way to to use widgets on mobile. Have you ever tried?
1: No, no, I've never It turned tried.
0: out that up in screen options, I didn't know about this until re- really recently, there's a checkbox to enable compatibility mode. And so <laughs> if you do that, basically instead of being drag and drop, it's like you have all your widgets and you do, like click a checkbox and you say apply to this widget area. Um, and I had no idea that was there for the longest time, but it is. So one of the, the big things they want to do with the widgets UI refresh is they want to add in mobile support for drag and drop using the jQuery library which would be fantastic. Um, They have some some mock-ups of things that they've wanted to do, and it really is taking the widget's UI and turning it into a UI that matches the new media manager, which is pretty slick.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they
0: have any... I don't think they have any, like, working prototypes yet. They're still designing it, but it's really cool, and I really hope it happens.
1: Cool, yeah. And and the next one's uh, admin help improvements. I guess that's... uh... I guess that's the little pull-down menus at the top. Is that? I have you guess? ever used a contextual help tab? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, nor, nor does anyone else. Uh,
0: and I think that's kind of that's kind of the point. Is like we have these help tabs. Uh, I've written them for quite a few plugins because I always thought, hey, we have this help tab here that'll explain how to do things. I have never once received a comment that said, hey, I found this help and help tab. It was awesome. Never. <laughs> Yeah. Um it's because people just don't see it and so one of the things I think they want to do with that is make it more accessible make people actually notice it but also go through and update the actual documentation that's in there as well.
1: Interesting. I I don't know like I think my opinion on that would be that if people prefer to learn uh, you know using a video I think or you know having someone guide them through the UI than kind of well, read from the Well one thing I did
0: see you... that that they've been adding is there are more you know how when you pull down the contextual help there's like a little right sidebar that you can have additional links in so they've been putting more links to like extra external documentation and
1: such right okay Um, so that makes sense. Siobhan
0: Siobhan is doing a ton of work with documentation um and so I think that's one of the things is creating all this external documentation the new handbooks the new user guides etc so I'm sure those will all get integrated
1: right aren't you writing a chapter or something
0: I helped on the plugins developer handbook for a little bit. Uh, I'm not really sure where that one is. Uh, I was I was doing a little bit of help on it a few months ago, and it's somewhere. <laughs> I did. I wrote I wrote a couple chapters. We were basically doing a plugin developer plugin developers handbook to help people learn how to write plugins. Basically, a full handbook that goes from step one to step X number of however steps you have.
1: Oh, that's going to be really good for people. That's that's awesome. Yeah,
0: I hope I hope it gets finished.
1: Yeah. So the next one is Content
0: Blocks. Oh yeah, you're um, you're you, you
1: excited about this one.
0: I am excited for this one. I think it'll be really cool. There's a lot of plugins out there that are like the drag and drop content builders or the page builders. Some people build them into their themes, some people build them as plugins. There's a whole bunch of different ways that people have done them. Some of them are excellent, some of them are terrible. Uh, but so what they're trying to do is they want to kind of take this concept and bring it to WordPress core as an official implementation. So what you'll have is instead of using like a short code to insert a media gallery, uh, you, you will have like you'll click on a block that says add gallery block, add image block, um, add featured post block. And so you can build the content of your page by simply cl- either clicking and dragging or just clicking these these content areas. Um, and they have a plugin that is up and it's in progress. It's just called content blocks. On It's on WordPress.org. And you can go play with it. And it's pretty cool right now. Uh, it, it adds a new meta box to the post editor. And it just has all these different content blocks uh, that you you would see. And you just click on one. It opens a little modal. And you choose the options that you want. And you click Insert. And it adds it to the content area. And so basically, it's adding short codes. But because we're trying to cater to the non power users, the non developers, et cetera, they don't ever see these short codes. Uh, right. All they, they they just see like a pretty picture that says this is your gallery, this is your featured post section, this is your whatever you have. Um, hmm. the, Interesting. It's not very functional yet, it's, it's really they're just kind of playing with the ideas, but it does, I like where it's going.
1: Very cool. I think, and then the next one is dashboard. I'm guessing, I mean I can kind of guess where that's going because I mean the current dashboard could definitely use some work Mm
0: -hmm. um this is this is another one they have it's it's it actually has a plugin on wordpress.org already that they're working on and basically the idea is to have an action-oriented dashboard right as opposed to i don't know what the current dashboard is
1: (laughs) yeah i I don't Um, think it was really a plan with the current dashboard it's kind of haphazard i don't
0: i don't think this plugin actually does anything yet i i did install it um but I haven't actually, uh, hold on, I'm looking at the code real quick. Can, uh, yeah, the only thing it does at the moment is it actually adds a help page, which isn't they've
1: very They've got useful. some pretty cool mock-ups, though, on the, uh, on, if you go to the link. Uh, oh, do the they? I, have, I actually yeah. haven't seen those yet. Yeah. Um, but but, I, and
0: that's one of the things that's really cool about this whole features as plugins is that we can have these plugins that are being built. You might test them out, and they might not work at all. But if you if you pay attention to where people are talking about them, you can see really what the plan is for how to do them. Uh, right. Yeah, those those mockups look fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean it reminds me of Ghost because that was one of the the things with Ghost. Uh, it does when, with the Ghost mockups that mm-hmm. uh, that John O'Nolan did was that he really. He really made the dashboard look really nice. He had some nice graphs in there and some fancy eye candy stuff. And so Yeah, it was very I, cool. I could I could see lots of potential in, in that plugin for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rest so, of them look like they're in the really early stages. Uh, yeah, like- there
0: are several. And why don't we just kind of just mention what each of these are. Sure. Uh, I don't think there's too much that we can talk about them. Uh, there is the pages and menus merge. So there's always been this kind of pain point in WordPress where you have a confusion of what the heck is a menu item as opposed to, like, a standard page. Uh, Like, this idea of just adding a link to your page can be very difficult for some people to grasp. Um, So they're working on trying to improve that. Then they have one that I'm actually not sure what this is. It, It does something with themes. It's just called THX38. Um, and I actually can't really figure out what it is. Uh, oh, it's it's just it's improving the theme experience, right? Um, so I'm not really sure what they're doing with that. Uh, I'm sure they have an overview post. So if you go look at the table, you can probably go figure it out. Um, what are some of the other ones I have on there, Brad? Better
1: better signups. Uh, that's really in the. I would love to see that. Um, I've always thought
0: signups much. in WordPress were kind of a pain point.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. I don't know i have a kind of mixed feelings about it i think they could probably do something different than like you know how it automatically s- I, sets I would, your password <laughs> like i would uh, there there
0: is actually something that's being improved with that uh and we'll talk about that here in a little while when we talk about our own contributions to wordpress core
1: sure uh um, something with that inline editing and designing is another one I'm not sure with that, I'm guessing that's a front-end tool? Yeah, front-end posting
0: and editing. Um, Personally, I really don't like that. Uh, I know some people love front-end editing and, and posting. I think it's, I don't think it's a good idea unless you have a site that is like, okay, here, quick example. Let's say that you have a marketplace, like any in the Envato marketplaces. Obviously, they're not gonna let you into their dashboard to go and edit your items or do things like that, and so in that kind of scenario, I think it makes sense. But for a standard blog, um, may- maybe it- maybe it makes sense for users that really just don't want to go into the dashboard or they want to do something inline.
1: Exactly. Personally, I
0: th- I've never enjoyed them. If if they can do it well, awesome.
1: I think I think that's what it's for. So like, say you gave uh, someone you know editor privileges, which basically gives them sure. <laughs> the ability to Allow edit them pages to and posts. Aside.
0: Fix typos, fix grammar. Exactly. Actually, I I did just realize something that's really cool. Think of that compared to like the customizer, front end designing. Right. So I might have I might have just changed my opinion on on the front end editing and designing. As long as it's really minimal, Um, I I think I think the idea of front end posting for for standard users is silly the the idea of like front end submissions like let's say that you take guest submissions for your blog or whatever that's totally fine that makes perfect sense but the idea of like actual front end posting creating a post on the front end to me just seems silly like that's what the that's what the dashboard is for
1: yeah i don't see I a mean,
0: reason to take that to the front end but i, I mean, do like the idea of the inline editing
1: the other the other extreme to that is like distraction free writing right like why would you want to write with like your sites junk all around you. you you've, got, you've got your big slider up at the top. It's like cycling yeah. through just while you're trying to write. That'd be awesome. Well, yeah. Then again, maybe it would be good for for people that have too much junk on their site. I don't know. Sure. Uh, the I next really, one. Go this ahead. one. This one I like a lot. Oh, okay. Um, uh,
0: the proposal is really is it's it's just it's just a proposal right now, um, but so. You, most people are probably familiar with the new media manager UI. like when you click add media, um, it has this really nice pop-up. But have you ever gone back to the old media library? like <laughs> if you like click on media in your dashboard, it still right. kind of sucks. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I'm not saying that, I mean, there's no criticism here because the media manager is a huge beast. Uh, yeah. It's not like you can just rewrite it overnight. But so their proposal is to, take the media library and make it a little bit more like the new media manager. So you can actually have a grid view of media and things like that. I mean, most people's media libraries is just pictures. I mean, some people have audio videos, et cetera, but most of it is pictures. So it'd be really awesome to actually have a grid view of your pictures in your media library.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think they're going to, I I think the tricky part might be, uh, I don't know. The tricky part there might be reuse, like trying to reuse what's in the pop-up. Uh, sure, it it raid in the dashboard, um, but that would be great to see. It's cer- it's certainly a difficult thing
0: to do, um, but I I would love to see it happen. Just because I have you ever really used the media library? Like I've in my like four or five years of working with WordPress, I never use the media library. Once no. or twice, like the actual media library page, not the media manager. I mean, I use the media manager every single day. No, but I, the media library itself, like I just don't use it.
1: Yeah, I mean. I guess some people use it, like some people upload stuff that isn't necessarily related to a post. Uh, sure. But that's I pretty do, rare. I that that's pretty rare.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's really one of the few exceptions for when I do use it. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, which is the last one, is the JSON REST API. And this one is awesome. Brad, have you looked at this yet?
1: I've been following uh, Ryan. Ryan McHugh is the developer that's working on it. And I've uh, mm-hmm. been following his... Uh, I've been getting the email notifications from the the make uh make.wordpress.org yep. and I've been reading a few you of those think about, What do you think it? About sounds it? really, really cool. Um, I yeah, I mean I, I don't really understand the difference though between it and the current API. Is he, is he just really emulating well, the, what's I mean, already there? What
0: what API? Like are you talking <laughs> about XML RPC, yes. RSS? Yes, well, exactly.
1: so So, with
0: XML RPC, okay, I I can think of the number one reason that comes to mind is platform agnostic data. So, one of the beautiful beautiful things about JSON is that anybody can read JSON. I mean, like, every single language can read JSON, and that's awesome. And I think JSON is much, much easier to read than a lot of other options that you might have. Uh, So, Simply making it more accessible for developers to use—that's uh, that's that that alone, I think, is fantastic.
1: Oh, it's huge! But I was just wondering—is like, there I don't any know other
0: features or anything? Sure. Well, I mean, because it's got both post read. It's got all the different methods. Like you can you can create posts through it. You can create pages through it. You can create custom post types. You can read post types. Like you can both pull and push data. Um, And and I don't know that necessarily, like, the ability to push the data to it to create your post type items. I don't know that that's necessarily huge as compared to XML RPC. I've never worked with XML RPC, so I can't really say much there. But I think just the ability, like, reading the data itself is awesome. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's certainly a huge bonus to have that other format. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be... I think you know JSON is pretty much the de facto standard when it comes to APIs nowadays. It right? is, I
0: think it is for sure.
1: So, so I, I mean, this has to happen. There's no doubt. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I see like, you know, I've used the XML RPC in the past, and the biggest problem is really just getting a library that you that reads XML RPC and allows you to be. right, which is beautiful about <laughs> JSON because you don't need a library exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure there are programming languages
0: out there that don't read JSON and that you do need a library for, but most of them it's native.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Sure. Well, shall we jump on to our next section? Yes. Really quickly please. talking about how we built the Apply Filter site. Uh, we had several people ask, just saying, like, hey, what plugins are you using here? What themes? So we figured we'd go through quickly and just tell you a couple of the ones we're using and why we use them, what they provide yeah. for us.
1: So, Pippin so, Brad, set start? up. Yeah, Pippin set up. Uh... The dispatch theme uh, from Mike McAllister, and uh... I really
0: liked this theme. Uh, for one, I just like the look of it. It's it's a free theme that Mike gave away from his okthemes.com. dot com. Um, I wasn't really too concerned whether it was free or paid. I just particularly liked this theme. Um, Mike's an awesome developer. Uh, he writes great themes. He has beautiful designs, so it worked really well for us. Yeah, I didn't have to change anything in the theme.
1: Yeah, yeah. and we I mean, we put the site up in what, maybe, I th- i think I might have spent an hour. Maybe I a think total
0: together, we probably spent two to three hours maximum setting the yeah. site up. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. some of that was really just kind of playing with it, not actually working.
1: Right, right. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of experience setting up WordPress sites, so... <laughs> It <laughs> probably helped that helped but, a lot, but but still, I mean the site
0: itself is pretty simple. Um yeah. I mean we we have a total of I think like eight plugins on the site, which is probably the smallest number of plugins I've ever put on a site. Uh, I was looking at my two main sites yesterday and I had eighty seven and eighty four plugins on both of those sites. So having a plug having a site with like eight plugins is crazy.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's okay. never happened
0: to me. Uh, yeah. so we have we have about eight different plugins and there's two primarily that are important for the site. Brad, do you want we'll, to start off with the first yeah, one? Yeah,
1: we'll list we'll list them all out uh, on in the show notes, but uh, and link to them so you can. Most of them, most of them are them pretty. Out, standard. Check them out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the, for the podcasting, to manage the podcasting posts and to generate the uh, iTunes friendly RSS feed, we're using a fairly new plugin. I just kind of ran across it like. A couple weeks before, I reached out to Pip, and uh, just by by chance, I ran across this seriously simple podcasting plugin. It's called. And, it's really uh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'd used a bl- Blurberry in the past, um, mm-hmm. but I always found it uh, a bit complex and a bit um, a bit well, of it's, a learning it's very,
0: curve. I think it's very feature rich, isn't it? It's like it's designed for like a whole lot of different things you can do, as opposed to the the really simple approach.
1: That's, that's probably the case, but I really, yeah, I don't, I don't know what those features are because, sure, <laughs> because sure. we're, I would say for
0: like, for us, this seriously simple
1: podcasting has everything that we needed in it. Yeah, it uh, was, it was awesome. It was like, it was I mean, formatting
0: the RSS feed, just providing our, our simple, our post type plus, uh, like the meta fields for the, the time, the size of the file, etc.
1: Yeah. And just, you know, you can upload your MP3 file like directly from the post Mm -hmm. page. And yeah, it's just super simple to use.
0: I think think formatting the RSS feed is probably one of the biggest reasons to use, like if you're doing podcasting, to use a plugin like this as opposed to doing your own custom post type. Because as it turns out, the RSS feed is not standard. Like there's actually like very specific things that you have to have in there if you want iTunes to read it.
1: Oh yeah, and remember something happened. Our feed was being rejected.
0: Our feed was, yeah, it was invalid because it turns out that we had to have like an excerpt and our excerpt was like, five characters too many, um, <laughs> right, which, right. which I thought was, took me a little while to figure that out. Right. Uh, but just the fact that it formats the RSS feed in the exact way that you need, gives all that data. Uh, I mean, like when we submitted it to iTunes, everything just shows up perfectly. I mean, yeah. the actual submission process to iTunes is nothing more than the RSS feed URL, and that was crazy to me. I had never submitted anything it to iTunes. I mean, it pulls in the image, it pulls in the authors, it pulls in the episode numbers, the durations, the sizes, the categories, everything. And that was pretty yeah.
1: cool. I like I like how you uh, debugged that that RSS feed issue. You found uh, found yourself a, a an RS an iTunes RSS validator that actually yeah. gave it you actually an error report. Well. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, uh,
0: I'd say aside from that, the other plugin that we use that's pretty important for the site is Ninja Forms. Uh, we use it to power two different forms on the site. If you go to the front end of the site, we have a subscribe um, form in the sidebar that allows you to sign up to the mailing list for any time we release new episodes. Uh, if we want to send out any news or anything like that, uh, and so Ninja Forms, along with a Mailchimp extension, powers that. There's a lot of different ways that you can do these kind of sign up forms. Um, I really, I personally like Ninja Forms a lot. I, lo- I like the plugin. I like how it's written. I like the developers of the plugin, and so using it. Uh, aside from just enjoying the plugin, I also like supporting other people's work, which is one of the reasons I decided to use it. Um, and it also is going to power our sponsorship form. So if, if you want to jump in and sponsor an episode, which is something that we'll talk about more later on, th- that's the plugin that
1: powers a form to do it. Yeah. All right. Ninja, Ninja forms. Yeah. Uh, so Shall we jump into talk- our next section? Let's talk about uh, yeah co- our contributions to WordPress core. Uh, my my portion is going to be really short because I've only ever submitted one core patch, <laughs> uh, and it was actually quite a simple one. I, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, it's just a so when when WordPress uh, crops an image, uh, so you upload an image through you know the media manager, uh, and you know it crops. Uh, by default, I think, a 300 by 300, uh 150 by 150, and a, and a 1024 by 1024. So the maximum width and height are those dimensions. So if the image is bigger than any of those dimensions, it actually crops the top portion. So it just mm-hmm. takes out the top part and the middle. So top, or sorry, sorry, sorry center center is the crop is the default crop position so it so say you had a headshot say you're uploading a headshot of someone right uh that's you know in portrait uh portrait view so the 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 height is actually greater than the width right right? well what it would actually do the crop would actually you know get their chin probably right and like (laughs) that makes a great staff photo (laughs) yeah yeah it's perfect right and so what I wanted to be able to do is I wanted to define the crop position for images to be, let's say, you know, top and center. So, and so, so we get their head, right? Okay. Um, so would you, would you define
0: that in like the add image size function?
1: Exactly. So in okay, add, cool. add image, so say I wanted uh, to show headshots on the about us page. Uh, I could create a new, I could say add uh, image size uh, with you know just a normal WordPress API function, and uh, in the in the last uh, crop parameter, instead of just putting true or false, I wanted to be able to put an array that was uh, either center center or top left or top right or top center. Basically That's using fantastic. basically using the same uh, sure. The same, I, mean, I think of syntax assistance, right?
0: For anybody that has worked with the the thumbnail sizes, the image sizes knows that they're really awesome, but they're also very restrictive at the same time. There's very little control, so that kind of granular control would be fantastic. Right. And so, so what's the status of this patch?
1: Uh, good question. I I don't know what the official status is, but it, it's it's been uh it's been out there for... For twenty one months, and it okay. is I think I think it was like uh, I don't know if it's planned or like maybe for three point three, but that was two versions. Of a few. Years uh, it ago.
0: looks. I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like it was first opened during WordPress three point three, uh, right. and then right now it's milestone for a future release. So there's there's no definitive time for it to actually get in yet. Right. Uh, you've got a ton of attention on the ticket, though. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of people on there. Oh yeah. This is one. I mean, if anybody has does anything with image sizes uh, this would this would be a great ticket to get on and try and get some attention for whether it's the 738 or anything after that uh, right. just i think this is a pain point that a lot of people have had uh, and your patch is really pretty simple isn't it
1: oh it's there's ridiculous there's not a lot to
0: it uh, <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm looking at it now and the entire there's like four changes in all of core to make this happen yeah and that's pretty it,
1: that's pretty awesome it's really really uh, concise and I use the same syntax as CSS for, for determining the crop position. So it's not like I'm, you know, inventing some new syntax here. So yeah, I I think it should hopefully make it in there eventually. Uh, so yeah. And what, what are you, maybe, maybe you can go over like your latest core or maybe your favorite one. Sure.
0: (laughs) I've got several in there. Um, I mean, there's. I think there's two different kinds of contributions in terms of WordPress track. There's reporting bugs and suggesting features, and then there's actually writing patches to it. So mostly, I'm interested in, in the ones that have had patches written for them. Um, to date, I have I have three official contributions that have actually been committed to core. Um, and my first one got in uh, in June. No, in in May, and it was actually fixing a security vulnerability. Uh, I won't go into too much detail just because if anybody is is vulnerable to this uh but basically there was a way that if a plugin was incorrectly trying to log someone in it was actually possible to log the wrong user in which was kind of cool um i oh. I found it by accidentally being able to log in as an admin that was pretty fantastic uh, <laughs> but so, so it, was, it was a really is really really minor bug uh that had it it was it only it only happened if the plugin or the theme or somebody who was who using the core function, if they were using it incorrectly. So basically what we did to fix it is we just made the, func- the core function uh, be more restrictive. So even if you use it incorrectly, it's not going to break things.
1: Okay.
0: Um, it just says too bad. Uh, my second contribution was huge. I mean, it's like amazing. Uh, I fixed a typo. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, but you, but it, it, I think it goes to show that just... Be, um, I mean, every contribution is a contribution. Whether it's fixing a typo, fixing a bug, new features, et cetera. Uh, If you see a typo in core, submit it. I mean, there's no reason for typos to exist. For anybody that has worked with me on my own projects, uh, such as Easy Digital Downloads, you know that I am really great at leaving typos throughout the code. Um, So those are things that need to be fixed. It's good to have them. Uh, And then the last one that I did, uh, this got committed a few days ago, was there's a bug in Quick Edit where if you... Um let's say you you know how the rows in your post table they alternate dark light dark light dark light well so if you if you use quick edit and you edited one of those it would get the wrong color coming back so it was a simple javascript fix um, and that got committed okay. the other day uh, cool. i have a couple in there oh go ahead
1: no i was just saying that's cool like like all these little things seem like little things but i mean right. when you add them all up i mean that's that's how wordpress you know, gets improved. You know,
0: well, and, and and a lot of times, little things like that are what hold can hold development back. I mean, if you have if you have little bugs, I think little bugs are really excellent places for people to jump in and start their contributions. Um, because not just because they're easier to fix, they're they're easier to get committed. Um, right. And getting getting your first patch actually committed is is a is a great milestone for 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 people. Right, um, it's like getting and... your feet wet. and... Yeah, I think some people have this... I don't want to necessarily call it a delusion, but they have this idea that if they want to contribute, they need to do something really big. Like, they need to propose a big new feature, a big UI change. And I don't think that's true at all. I mean, come on. My My first ever... No, my my second official contribution was a typo. I mean, that's like as small as a fix as you can go. Um, right. But every contribution is good.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, in fact, I would argue that... You're, it's probably very unlikely. If you do something big, that it will get uh Oh, added. absolutely. Because I um, mean, it, it, that kind of development is needs a lot of testing.
0: It's uh, much, much more difficult to get something like that in. Yeah, it's just like what you mentioned, because of testing, because of compatibility, um, small things are much, it's not just that they're much simpler to get in, they're much more likely to get in. Um, right. I mean, it, and, it's a lot easier for the core team to test a one-line patch than a 500 line patch.
1: Right. And it seems that the, the big things are generally tackled by members of the core team or at least led and supervised by them so that it's right. it's kind of, you know, so like I think communication is really important in that in that scenario and I think that's mm-hmm. probably why that happens that way.
0: Yeah. So I have I have one other patch going in right now that I want to talk about uh, because it's something that we mentioned earlier with uh, with the features as plugins, when we talked about better signups, so signups and I think user management is just something that WordPress could use quite a bit of improvement on. And one of those is passwords. So let's say that you have a user that you need to reset their password. What does everybody do? Well, you go to that user and you manually set their password to change me or something like that, and then you tell the user, okay, your username is this and your password is change me log in, go change it, do things like that. That's kind of a horrible experience and kind of a horrible way to do it. I mean, think of the number of users out there that have these, like, manually set passwords that have never changed, ever. Yeah. Well, so there's this really great plugin that uh, Jake Goldman wrote from Tenup called Simple User Password Generator. And all it does is it adds a button to the, word, the user edit screen to generate a password that... The admin can't see, just generates it. It's a hidden password. Uh, and then you have the option of sending that password to the user and then also flagging that user and telling them that they need to change their password when they log in. So it gives a notice at the top of their screen. And so I loved the plugin. I thought it was a fantastic idea. And so I proposed that to win Decor, and it's milestone for 3.7 now.
1: Wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a really great example of features as plugins. Even though this was a non-official like, planned feature, it's still a feature that was written as a plugin, and then realized this is really excellent. Let's go ahead and put this into core. Um, so I, I proposed a feature, then I wrote the patch for it about a week or so later. Uh, the patch was really simple, uh, and it was one of the ones that was almost immediately um to go into the next version. And I, I I think there's there's patches that will go in, like image crop position, for example, is a great great patch, uh, or whether I haven't looked at it, whether the patch is great or not, the idea is great. Um, right. I believe that the execution is good. I haven't looked at it, so I can't say that. I just trust you as a developer. Um, but it's been sitting there for a long time. And then there, are, there I think there are patches that get kind of get approval immediately, just because it's not just that it's a good idea. Um, it's kind of I, I want to say like integral to good software. And so having a good way to actually generate passwords for a user, to send that password to the user, et cetera, is really important when you start talking about having multi-user sites. Um, I mean, the fact, it actually surprises me that it's been this long, it's waited this long to have this kind of feature in core.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, consider we've had user accounts forever, but we've never had a way to like manually reset someone's password. And so that's what this does, which is I think is great.
1: Yeah, it's great. I'd even, I'd almost like to see a system where it sends them an email with a link to reset their password, kind of like the. That would be excellent as well to actually trigger the reset password. Yeah. If anybody who's listening, that'd be a great plugin to write. I don't think it exists,
0: uh, but it'd be really probably really easy to do. I think there's a function to resend that link.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, Brad, I'll 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 look for it next episode. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, I don't. I don't know about that. Someone else, perhaps. Um, I think. Uh... I want
0: to. I want to say. I want to say one thing before we shut down really quickly about sure. contributing to core. This is my first year that I've really actually consciously thought about contributing to core and jumping into it more. And I think a lot of people probably get discouraged. Um, before we started recording this episode, Brad and I had a bit of a discussion about what contributing core is like. And it's really easy for people to get discouraged because you submit a patch, whether your, your patch is giant or tiny, and it sits there for a year, sits there for two years, et cetera. Um, don't get discouraged. Uh, as, as somebody who does a lot of community development on my own plugins, I take patches from people. It can be very difficult to review when you have tons and tons of submissions coming in. And as an example, like WordPress core has 3,500 patches and tickets in track right now. I think that number has drastically gone down recently, but the idea of reviewing that many tickets is, is crazy. Um, so I've had a I've had a good experience this last year, starting to contribute to Core a lot, and it's, it's really kind of opened my eyes to see just because a patch is great doesn't mean it's gonna get in. Just because it's fully functional doesn't mean it's gonna get in. There's a lot of different things that come in to actually getting a patch into Core. And I think Brad and I have both probably seen that in, in our own contributions and what we've, what we've tried to get in, what we've successfully gotten in, etc. Um, anyway, that's my little spiel.
1: Yeah, I, that's a great point. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, I guess people can get discouraged. I can see how people get discouraged if it's like a really small thing, like a typo that just kind of sits there for ever. <laughs> well, know, you, I, like, I well
0: could... okay, what what's the harm of just putting this in immediately? Like, why not?
1: Yeah, exactly. They just don't understand why it's not getting in, I guess. It, it's, it's really, I think it's
0: a, a difficult concept to comprehend when you have not already been put in that position of having to deal with that kind of
1: stuff. Exactly. I mean, it, you got to really realize that what, I think you said that they closed 800 bugs in one week recently or something. Yeah, doing <laughs> a whole
0: bunch of bug gardening. I, I think yeah. it, was, it was 800 in a week, or 800 in two weeks, something like that, but like 800 Tickets right. in two weeks. That's enormous. Like I think of my own plugin development that I have going right now, which is a really large project, and we have 50 tickets in total.
1: Yeah, so it's so, it's, pro- it's probably that you're not. It's probably not that you know. You know, no one's ignoring your contribution. It's probably just sitting at the bottom of a very big pile. That's really what right. it comes down to.
0: <laughs> or some, somewhere in the middle. It's like yeah. in the middle of a mountain.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. even worse.
0: <laughs> well, is there anything else we want to jump on real quick, or are we shutting down?
1: Uh, I think that's that's it. Uh, the only the other thing I want to mention is uh, if if you're if you're interested in sponsoring the show, uh, if you have a product or a service that uh, you'd like us to talk about, uh, we have a sponsorship page that you can check out on our website, and uh, and yeah, and just submit. Uh, what, what you want us to cover and uh, we'll 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 take a you know we'll review what it is and uh, if it fits with the show then then we'll we'll go for it
0: yeah and we'll jump in and talk about it for a few minutes and give give the audience a, a preview of your product or, or anything else that you want to talk about it um, really sure. it can be just about anything
1: sure I mean yeah it could um, be an event or whatever right
0: supply slash sponsorship yeah all, all right. right everybody Thanks for listening. See you next time.
1: Thanks, guys.